Welcome to the show, man. Hey, what's going on? All right. On today's show, we have Marquise Mary. Let them know your, your Instagram tag. That that tell a lot about you right there. <laughs> well, my Instagram uh, tag I share with my uh, my better half, Shira Murray. Uh, Instagram tag is at Black Mary and Debt Free, or at at Black Mary Debt Free. No and. Yes, Black Mary and Debt Free, and that's one of the things that stood out, man. How I even noticed like your profile, you know? Oh man. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, we tried to uh, pretty much like Shire says, it's it's they're all positive affirmations. You know what I mean? So uh, we thought it was just good to kind of brand ourselves as that. Yeah, most definitely. All right. I've been researching on you. So let the people know a little bit about your background, who you are, what you do. Uh, so my name's Marcus and uh, pretty much uh, my wife and I about three years ago now, um, we kind of hit a financial hardship. I mean, we had been getting by just kind of, you know, in the rat race. Uh, we both had uh, decent jobs, but we were, you know, just kind of paying the minimum balance on all of our debts, uh, classic debts that everybody, you know, may be familiar with, student loan, mortgage, credit cards, um, all those types of things. And uh, so when at that moment, my, my employment kind of fell through. And uh, I have been, you know, in charge of the finances, kind of, you know, there, there was some macho, you know, machismo uh, with that. You know, <laughs> I felt like, hey, <laughs> I, I can handle it. I, I want my wife to just kind of just 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 be cool and, 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 and just allow me to kind of uh, be the man, I guess. And, and, so and it was at that moment. Okay. No, you saying so you basically tell her to stop working. And you're going to be like, you go head honcho. Well, you know what she, she she always um she she always wanted to be in the in the workforce. So she was working, but it was just that I was kind of in charge of the finances. So I paid uh, made sure all the bills were paid, uh kind of managed the uh the bank accounts. Right. And she was she was just kind of just flo- float, you know, just kind of f- was in flow with that. Right. I'm kind of uh, I get it. I get it. Right, right. So like I said, my uh, I had uh, some employment that fell through. Right. So we started making less, but I was kind of just, you know, not wanting to admit like, man, we we we're kind. So I just kind of kept it to myself until I couldn't anymore, and then that's when you know the light bulb went off for us, and I sat down with my wife and said, hey, we got to figure something out, and that started the journey to debt freedom for us. Wow. All right, listen, that was great, but that hit home. Because, you know, I think about the older generation from us. I think, like, our uncles, fathers, the older men, instead of, like you said, hey, baby, we got to sit down and talk. Like, we stinking. Most, it's like most men, like, back in the day, you know how we, like, we ain't going to say nothing. We just going to play it cool. And then all of a sudden, we underwater. And they like, I didn't know, you know? Right. Exactly. And that's that's what I was up against. Because, you know, I grew up in a two-parent household. But, you know, they, we never talked about money. You know, it was just always uh, something that was never brought up in conversation. But like how you said, the vibe you got was that it wasn't something to be talked about. It's just like, hey, we, 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 you know, the man takes care uh, of everything and kind of that's just how it is. But, uh, you know, in our generation, it's, it's more of a community thing. It's more of a, a partnership. And I think that's the dope thing about, uh, you know, the movement that we're, we're you know, you're doing and, and I'm doing and what I'm seeing on uh, online is it's more of a partnership. It's a team. You know what I mean? Definitely. Because life is like a lot more expensive. Back then, they probably eating out the garden. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying because my like the prices, like even real estate, when I go to buy a property, my dad, man, you gonna pay that much? He's still stuck in the older days where they were buying properties for 15, 20, 30 grand, you know, and it's, right. it's just like it's just not the same no more, you know? Absolutely, man. We've seen it shift just in our lifetime, like how you're saying, uh, even even how you get employment. Like my father, he makes uh, great money, right. but he did it with just a high school diploma. You know what I mean? And and he just 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 did his, you know, got a great nine to five and has worked his way up. Well, it doesn't work like that anymore. You got to have degrees on top of degrees just to, you know, kind of keep your head above water. And in that generation, it didn't work that way. So you definitely have to come at it a different way now. Okay, so. Growing up, what type of um, 
what class would you say you guys were in? Middle class, rich, poor? Uh, I consider us like lower class, not 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 poor, yeah. but we were, you know, because to us we thought we were just living, you know. But looking back now, like man, I've driven back into the the, the neighborhood of the home that I grew up in, and it's like man, it's like whoa, I can't believe that we we live like that. But at the time, you know, we thought you were doing something. But I, I would consider, right? Yeah, I would consider low, uh, you know. Low class. Okay, and where are you located at now? What's your location? Uh, we're we're in Sacramento, California, so kind of up north, uh, about maybe an hour from Bay Area, from San Francisco. Okay, whoa, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah I'm scared of that market. <laughs> Man, <laughs> but all right, so were you raised up out there, or where were you raised? Yeah, bo- yeah, born and raised in uh, Sacramento, Sacramento. Uh, California. Yeah, been here pretty much my, my whole life. Okay, all right. So you raised up kind of lower class. You're in high school. Um, what's your GPA in high school? Oh, man. High school. School in general was just not good for me, man. <laughs> high school. So it, looking back now, it's crazy. But mm-hmm. so ninth grade and 10th grade year, I w- my credits were so bad that going into my junior year, I had freshman credits. So they considered me a freshman. Wow. Uh, yeah, man. I, I just didn't do well in school. Uh, looking back, man, I, I later found out that I uh, kind of had a kind of a, an attempt what they call attention deficit. You know, it was hard for me to concentrate in school. So I didn't do well in, in school. Right. Uh, but at, at around my junior year, I was forced to, like, get it together or I'm not going to graduate, you know. Right. So uh, that's kind of when I got together. But I think I graduated with a, with a, with a two point something. <laughs> hey, two, <laughs> two point something. Mine got two, right? <laughs> All right. So I take it you didn't go to college? I did not. I did not. Um, uh, my wife were kind of like a, a yin and yang. Like I, I have been working right. and hustling pretty much since I was 15 and a half since I could get a worker's permit. And my wife, uh, she's she's been working as well, but she, uh, you know, is more of the, 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 the one who likes to go to school. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. So I think we're well together. No, definitely. My uncle's like that. His he actually graduated high school and he turned 40. And um, oh, gosh. He, he might be ashamed from him saying this on the podcast, but I don't think he'll listen. <laughs> but <laughs> he graduated. I mean, he's doing good now, but he graduated, I think, high school, like, around 40. But his wife, you know, she's a college grad, college. Uh, she worked at a college or whatnot. But, I mean, he's nice. successful. It just, he just came late, late in life. Exactly. All right. So, all right, you don't go to college. And when did you guys meet, you and your wife? Was it right after high school? I was yeah, so um, right after high school, I went to community college. I'm a year older, so it was my second year at community college and her first year. Right. We met uh, through a mutual friend, and uh, turn, come to find out, we had spent like a year or so in, at the same high school, wow. and she saw me there. I didn't even really know, uh, but you know, we, we met, formally met in college, and man, we just kind of hit it off uh, from that point on. Okay, so you're in college, and I just want to know, like, all right, because this mindset, I know it wasn't in high school that you had this mindset that you have now. So I, I want to get that turning point. So in high school, I mean, in college, what was that first real job that you got making, like, what you call real money, I guess? Wow, man, that's a good question. So I've always been, I've always had, like, side hustles. Like, so uh, I'm a musician, right. uh, and I grew, I kind of grew up in the church, right? So I've played music you know growing up my whole life and then it was uh in my at my adult years like in college when i started kind of taking my music more seriously and using that as a, a way to create revenue so i would play for like stage plays in my city uh played like i said played in church started producing and uh you know some local artists and you know so i was doing that all the while but then i was uh also working a traditional w2 type job so my job that I would call the most successful uh, was when I worked for a, uh, a frame company in my city, a big uh, insurer of uh, their insurance company, but they have they have a frame company when they deal with glasses and eyewear. So that was like my first good job. Right? How much <laughs> you say you was making there a year? Uh, looking back at it, guess it wasn't that good. I was probably making about thirty thousand. Okay. Uh, that. And that was my wife's money. We were doing 
kind of say, okay, well, let's start to build a life together. Uh, looking back, yeah, it wasn't that great, but at the time, I was like, I thought I was really doing something. <laughs> right, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, that's that first job. And then that first job, you making 30 grand a year, is that when you started incurring, uh, incurring your um, debt by, like, Exactly. Exactly. You start, you get like a little, it's just enough. See, that's the trap. It's just enough to where you can, okay, I can give me a, you know, I can give me a car. Okay, cool. And then you're like, oh, you know what, man, we could, you know, uh, people our age are buying homes and uh, lucky for, lucky for us, but unlucky for some, that was right uh, during the crash, right? In uh, 2009. Right. So we were able to buy a condo in California where before the prices were so inflated. I mean, we were just going to be, we pretty much thought we were going to be renting for our entire lives but the crash happened we we're able to buy a, a condo so we had a little bit of money so it was like oh, okay yeah we're doing it All right but really we're just kind of the, the, the uh, rat race was beginning for us uh where we just were just accruing more debt you know what i mean definitely and that's why i call the podcast the new american dream podcast because like in that same situation me and my wife we did the same thing we we got like a job making decent money we bought that car Two car payments, bought a house, yeah. got a mortgage, got a dog. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, I don't think we had everything suffered like a picket fix, probably. But right, it was like that's that American dream, and it's it tricked the middle class because you look like you're doing well, but in reality, like you said, you're in the rat race. You got to you got to go work every Monday, or that's that's so profound, man. Because that's. At that moment, I'm thinking, this is it. This is life. This is what, you know, I saw my parents do. This is what my uncles and aunts that I consider successful. This is what they're doing. Man, this is it. You know, like for me, at that moment, I'm like, this. I, I'm done. I made it. I got my house. I got my cars, my wife. We good. But that wasn't the case. <laughs> okay. So, all right. You're, you're working and you got all this debt. Um, what was that moment when you guys sat down and realized, Whoa, we got a lot of debt. Yeah, it was it was when we so we we had our son in 2013, and uh, you know my philosophy towards like retirement and stuff like that was man, one day I I guess I'll get to it. So at this moment, we're I'm just making the minimum payments. I'm thinking this is all that it's gonna be. I'll make the minimum payments. One day we'll pay it off. I don't know when that day is, and then you know, we'll start contributing heavy to retirement and then we'll retire. That's just what I thought. Right. So when we had my son, that was like an added hit because now you have another life that you're trying to take care of. So it's like, man, okay, so this money is not really, you know, it's it's not stretching like I thought it would stretch. Right. And then I kind of dove out there and uh, got a position, uh, a, a second position. So I'm kind of working two jobs at this time mm-hmm. to help buffer that. And then the, the second position fell through. So now that plus, you know, uh, healthcare was increasing, you know, all these different things. I was just like, man, we can't even pay the minimum at this point. So around the time my son was born, around 2013, that's when I had a tough conversation with my wife. I said, hey, I know it seems like everything's going good, but man, we, we let's sit down and kind of devise a plan because we're, we're, we're drowning at this point. Definitely. That's that's that monument moment where it's like it's either sink or sink or swim right now. <laughs> right. It was super humbling because like how we talked about earlier, as the man, you know, we just you know we want to have it all together, you know. And, and uh, I had to admit to myself and to my wife that's like, man, I'm, I I don't have it all together, you know. Yeah, and I that's what I think. I think people rather not have that conversation and just keep on trickling along, you know. So true, man. So true. It's like you don't want to admit it. It's hard to admit it to somebody else because you don't even want to admit it to yourself first. Right. You know, you thinking is, oh man, I just get something else. Man, I just get another job. I mean, like I said, I was working two full time jobs, just doing stuff that you that's impossible to maintain. But I kept telling myself, oh man, I, I, I can I can fix this, you know. But then I had to uh, come to the realization that I couldn't do it by myself. Right. Okay. So all right, what was when you guys sat down and your plan? What was the plan? All right, everybody in the world got debt and a lot of people their goal is hey i want to start paying off this debt when i get my tax refund or whatever you get a big lump sum what was you what was your first step in tackling this debt how first of all let people know how much was it 
okay, so all total with my wife's student loans, with our credit cards, and with our mortgage, uh, and our car note. Right. So all together, we owed $110,000. Now, I have since, you know, light bulb goes off, and it's like, you know what, I didn't even consider the interest. So really, it was probably closer to one twenty five. Right. But let's just say, let's just say one ten. Yeah. Um, that's, so that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, first thing we did was we sat down and we looked at all of our bills. Uh, we kind of looked at what we're spending our money on, and then we started saying, okay, where can we cut back? So it's really it's really simple. Uh, I know it, it's 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 hard when you're looking at it, but it's so simple. You look at what you're spending your money on, where, see where you can cut back. And then it's part that and part increasing uh, your, your earning potential, increasing what, what you're bringing in. So well, first what we did was we, we said, okay, well, what could we cut back? Okay. We don't need this. We don't need that, you know? Uh, okay. And then simultaneously, we're both looking to uh, create different other revenue streams. If that's getting another job, um, you know, anything we can do to generate more money, we were trying to do that. So I sought uh, another uh, op- uh, employment opportunity right. that would earn better. My wife, she leveraged her uh, degree in school to get a better position. And so with that, we didn't say, okay, we have extra. Let's do something else with it. Let's go get buy some more liabilities with it. No, what we did was we put that on the debt and the, the principle we use uh, a lot of people may be familiar with kind of, you know uh, the snowball so we paid our smallest debt first right and then we just snowballed that to the to the next largest debt and with that you know you kind of get to celebrate those little milestones you know you pay your first credit card off you're like man we're really doing something and then that gives you motivation to, to continue on so i mean it was a, it was a tough journey man um but what what was the um when you said you start cutting back, just give the people like two of the um, two of the top things that you're you cut back on. Cool. So off top, number one, we had like gym memberships we weren't using. Right. Uh, some you know, look at your subscriptions. You know, we subscribe to a lot of stuff. That's like the new wave. Uh, you got your Netflix, Hulu, all those different things uh, that you subscribe to. If you're not using them away you know what i mean and that's what we did we went through with a fine tooth comb and said okay we, we're not using this uh cell phone um that's another thing we were spending like 160 dollars on cell phone service like we really need all this so we were able to cut that back to like 80 dollars for yes. you know service that worked for us so that's anywhere you can cut 80 dollars a month gym memberships were 50 dollars a month cut that back before you know it you save three four hundred dollars a month you're like, okay, now we're doing something. So now on top of that, you increase what you're bringing in and and, and now you're really making uh, some ground towards paying off your debt. So that's what we were able okay. to do. Okay, and then um, at the, like say, right, you know, like the climax of a movie, right? Right in the middle. What would you say your savings rate if you wasn't paying off your debt? What was your savings rate? Like say you was making $5,000 a month. How much of that money, um, like how much of that money could you put towards your debt? Was it like fifty percent, sixty percent? Got you. So at that time, we were probably at around forty percent. We were able to uh, to put away. So for us to live, we had calculated that it was about three thousand dollars for us to pay all of our bills, uh, to keep to, you know to, to maintain everything, and we were bringing in probably five to six thousand right. around there. So that extra, we were able to kind of put on the debt. You know what I mean? So it really helped. Now, looking back, one thing that I wish we had done, and I, I we recommend when we talk to people on couples that right. they do, we didn't have an emergency fund. We didn't have, we weren't putting away anything uh, for savings or anything like that. I recommend to have some type of emergency fund, even if it's like $500 to $1,000, because we were really just out there just right. kind of reckless in that regard something could have happened uh thank god nothing did but you want to have a little cushion there uh before you get just in case just in case but we were just kind of putting any every cent we could we put it uh towards the yeah, debt. And, so yeah about I want 40 people to realize uh, emergency fund like you said that's not like 
oh, I got to go out of town this weekend. Or, you know what I mean? The closed fund is an emergency because a lot of people, older people, I would say, oh, we got to save that rainy, rainy day fund. And I don't have a rainy right. day fund because, like, from my understanding is when you have something, you're going to find a rainy day, you know? So, <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, man, stuff happens all the time. and You're just going to be like, oh, let me go to that rainy day fund. So, and my, I just play it different. I say, like, it's an emergency fund. So, try not to touch it in case it's an emergency. Yep. All Absolutely. right. So, all right. You paid off $110,000 debt. Um, by the way, because I don't consider like your mortgage, like you, you, you guys really want to pay off your mortgage. Yeah. You know, I, and I know like, it's like, that's kind of like a highly debated thing. It's like, uh, consumer debt versus, you know, consumer debt plus your mortgage. Right. So we consider all that our debt. And the reason why now had we bought a house for like 300,000 or three, Right. Could have been different, but maybe our condo, three bedroom, three bath condo. The market. This is how bad the market was. Three bedroom, three bath condo in California for eighty nine thousand wow. dollars. That's crazy. I mean, just crazy, right? Like the house has appreciated so much that someone just sold a condo in our condo place for uh, two forty four. Wow. So that's how much it increased. So we looked at it like, man, we got this blessing, man. Like. Do we really want to pay this for 30 years? I mean, if you look at the breakdown, it was still going to be 30 years. And it's like, why would we do that? So that's why we were so aggressive towards paying off the mortgage and including that with the whole total. All right. And this is just for the people who are really advanced. How did you, as uh, far as paying off your mortgage, were you paying like every two weeks or like just extra more money on top of the uh, payment? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So there, there's like a, f- a few strategies that you can use, like uh, to just cut like you know large uh, amounts of time off your mortgage. Some people pay one extra payment a year, or, or whatnot. but what we did, man, honestly, we were just kind of like just aggressively anything we could put towards it, we would put towards it. So uh, we had our our regular payment coming out of our uh, just kind of right. auto pay, right? So our minimum. And then we would take $3,000 a month and put it towards the mortgage. So we would do that once a month, boom, 3000 towards just the oh, principal. Oh, that's straight principal. And okay. yeah. yeah, straight principal. So while it was steady taking out the, the principal and interest uh, minimum payment, auto. So we would go in and manually put another 3000 on the mortgage every month. So that's kind of how we, we did it. Okay. Got it. All right. Yeah. All right. So, and, and I'll tell a lot of people, too, who want to think about investing. Before investing, you have to take care of that debt because it's kind of like a seesaw. And I tried it before. I, I've been right. trying to pay debt, and I'm like, I want to make more money. You know, I want to invest. But I feel most anybody yeah. who's listening to this, if you have uh, debt, I'm not going to say student loans and mortgage, but any consumer debt that's you can pay it off before investing, I suggest you do that. All right. So Absolutely. What, um, that's what what do you guys invest in? What's your current investments? So it, it's 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 cool because after we were able to pay off the debt, like I said, we had kind of froze the the uh, retirement and investing in, in in any capacity. We we weren't doing that because we wanted to just be laser focused and kill right. this debt, right? So once we did that, then we were simultaneously we were kind of thinking ahead. But once we were able to pay off our debt. We said, okay, we want to get into real estate. So we have been seeing people uh, that were doing buy and hold, which is when you buy a property and you rent it out and have a, you know, some type of cash flow from the rent that you're, you know, receiving. Right. We have been seeing people that are just doing that exclusively and are retiring, you know, hyper fast. You know, so I'm like, man, that's something that I really mm-hmm. want to do. With the equity that we had built into our home from by paying it off, our primary residence, by paying it off and by just, you know, uh, the, the property value increasing, we was like, okay, we have a nice cushion. So we took out a home equity line of credit for a small amount uh, of the equity in our primary residence. And we bought two homes out of state within a span of six months. And uh, that's kind of, 
you know, uh, what we consider like a long-term investment uh, because now we have a renter in there that's paying us. And with the cash flow that we're generating from the rent, we're putting that on the a line of credit, basically paying ourselves right, and back. Listen, this is the crazy and part. The people listening, he got a two-point-something GPA, he said. And he's doing this, right? <laughs> <laughs> that just goes to show you, like, you don't have to be that bright to do this stuff. And it's crazy, all right? So, not saying you're not smart, but um, <laughs> what else what to say? Okay, where 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 did you learn all that um, about the line of credit and okay. using that to buy the properties? Where did you learn that from? So, well, while I didn't go to a uh, former university, I went to Google University. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I was just watching stuff on YouTube, watch stuff on Google. Uh, there's a platform called Bigger Pockets that gives you a lot of uh, information. So, anything like I, you know, I would hear words like home equity line of credit. And I would just research and just dig on that. And uh, so it was just me and my wife doing a lot of research online, seeing others do it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of fear involved, man, especially with us. Jared, about your problem. Us as African-Americans, we like, man, that's that sounds risky. You know what I'm saying? But the game is being played by, uh, you know, people that don't look like us and they're being successful. So, uh, you know, we just jump, dove out there, man. And, and, I, and I, that's what we tell people. It's like, you can't be, afraid to fail you can't be afraid to just try it man because uh people are being very successful in it so man, that's pretty much how it is. man yeah i'm glad you said that because like we be traveling a lot when it's my turn to drive like me and my wife and my mom and dad and them mm-hmm. i put on bigger pockets podcast and yeah. everybody in the car get mad right <laughs> <laughs> but my dad said man you listen to that jump if they was if it was working so good they wouldn't be talking about it they'll just do it you know <laughs> And it's, it's so funny because he he don't think is um you can do it in real life I guess you could call it but right I'm like I listen to it you know the po- bigger pockets whatnot and it's I mean it's working for me so yeah you can think what you want to think but um right are you are you searching for your properties on your own or you have an agent searching so we were searching for uh properties on our own and with the first property and. We were just reaching out to a few agents in the area, you know, just trying to get a feel for it. And, you know, we, we actually came up against like some some bad agents, man, to be quite honest, <laughs> until we found, you know, a, a great one that that has worked for us and has, uh, you know, introduced us to property management, our property management that we use. So he's pretty much like been like boost on the ground for us. But at first we, we started off just kind of doing the research ourselves, looking for properties. We found it, uh, you know, the area that we wanted to invest in. And then we just started digging and looking on our own, just using Realtors.com, Zillow, all that kind of stuff until we finally found the right uh, uh, real estate agent to work with us. Okay. And are the properties you're looking for, are they fixer uppers or are they ready? They like turnkey, ready to go? Yeah. So that's the thing with my wife. So she thought of the idea. This is how we kind of operate. She thinks of an idea, right? right? She's like, oh, you know, people are doing real estate and, so she would bring the idea to me. I researched. I'm like, yo, this is this is it. Let's do it. And I'm like the dude who will jump out the window. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of she's like, well, I don't know. You know, then she kind of starts to back off. So with real estate, one of her things was just like, OK, if we're going to do this, I want turnkey. Right? I want something that I don't want to be trying to manage a flip from a thousand miles away. Right. So. We were looking for properties, a property that was turnkey, but that we could still, you know, get some some cushion in there. It, it was it's really hard when you're dealing with a flip to get something uh, or to get a deal, you know, what I mean? because the flipper is trying to get most for their buck. buck yeah. But we kind of find a happy medium, so we got a flip at a good price. Okay, and um, yeah. what do you? What's a good deal to you? Like you're looking for cash flow, right? Right. So what's your criteria as far as uh, cash flow? So in, in like I said, research on bigger pockets, uh, we noticed that, you know, a, a good rule of thumb um, when, when we kind of what we were shooting for was that we were trying to get a property at around $100,000 and we wanted to collect about $1,000 rent, right? Or more if, if possible, but at least that. Right. So that uh, we could, you know, cash flow, a little something, uh, have a little meat on the bone. 
And then we also wanted to find an area where the property taxes were around a thousand dollars a year. So that was kind of the 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 I got rule of thumb we were going for. You know what I mean? Uh, and and the, the the correct terminology escapes me. Maybe you might know. One uh, percent rule, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Something, something to that. No, yeah, yeah, the one percent rule. Yeah, I, I right. That. So if when you purchase it, are you buying the buying the house cash with line of credit, or are you get getting a thirty year mortgage? Yeah, so we took out. Let me try to give some numbers. So we took out one hundred and twenty six k on the line of credit, and we were the first property was uh, we purchased for about one hundred three. I think we got it for, right. and we purchased that cash. So we kind of went into it with a little. Uh, we wanted to purchase cash so we could have a little uh, negotiating power. You know what I mean? Hey, we could close quickly, like twelve days. You know, so this is what we get. Usually, you know, when you come with somebody with cash, they're willing, maybe willing to to come down on a price. So Will uh, it, we are going to come down. If I'm selling right. something, you financing and he's cash. If you $10,000, <laughs> Lord, I'm taking that cash. The financing the deal can always fall, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So that helped us. So with the second property, we were like, OK, so now we've spent. We took out 126. We spent 105, right? So, for six months, we were uh, paying it down with the cash flow. Uh, so we got to our HELOC. We got our HELOC back to around. Um, so we we had it to around 26,000. So now we have 26,000 to play with. Right. House number two. So house number two, we use that 26 to finance uh, a 30 uh, 30 year mortgage. The second property, right, the second property. Second property, and and we, we we bought it for pretty much like a carbon copy of the first property. We got it for one hundred four, right? Same type of property, and bringing in the same rent. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of how we how we work the second and, the second and these house. Hundred thousand dollar property? They, are they renting for a thousand dollars? Yeah, they're renting for uh, one. Uh, the first house we just got a new tenant in after a year, and so that's renting out for one thousand seventy five dollars. And then house the second house is renting for nine ninety five, so around a thousand dollars. Okay. And these, um, what type of neighborhood would you say these are? I would consider it consider it like a C plus neighborhood. Okay, working uh, class people. Yeah, working class. Yep, nice working class. Uh, just three bed. The first one is a three bed, two bath. Uh, the second one is a three bed, one bath. So that's why it's a little. You know, we couldn't command quite the same amount of rent, but it's been working out. All right. <laughs> how, did, how did you find your um, uh, property management company? So that was, um, we got in touch with our property manager through our real our real estate agent. So our real estate agent uh, worked for uh, Ke- Keller Williams in the triad in uh, North Carolina. And, and uh, he connected us with another real estate agent that also had a, a property management business that they that they were doing as well so he kind of introduced us actually he gave me two he gave me two i was able to to you know kind of ask them some questions that uh, that i researched you know the type of questions to ask your property manager i pretty much viewed them both and and uh the lady we chose you know she's just been wonderful her uh and her son running so man it's been like a blessing and the big you know having a property manager is they I've heard some, so yeah. we have been really lucky to find two people uh, uh, to find the property manager that we did, man. So, yeah, it worked out for us. And um, because uh, this is a, this is a selfish question, because I'm in the process of we never bought any property outside of our town, and this property is gotcha. like an hour away. It's five units, so I'm nice. on Monday. I'm going on Tuesday. I'm going to look at it. But what is some of the um. What is what make that property management good? Like, how much do they charge? What's like their fees? Right. Well, you know, the thing, we, the, the main thing we all want to know is, hey, how, how much, how much, what's the percentage? What's the percentage I'll take? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the rest of the stuff after that. Yeah. But they're taking 8%, Whoa. which is like, I thought it yeah, was 10%. Yeah, I've seen 10, I've seen 12. So when she told me eight, my, my ears is already like, oh, okay, okay. Right. So, you know, Another good thing is is the communication, man. Like, I could text her, I can email, and and, and you're you're getting quick responses. Uh, they they are connected to uh, GCs, general contractors, 
and that that they get you know to fix different things around the house for extremely low uh, price to to us as the owner. So I saw those different things and I was like, you know what? It's kind of like a one stop shop. They oversee deliveries. You know, hey, I have a refrigerator that's being delivered. Can you guys meet the guy there? Oh yeah, you know. So it's really been they've gone the extra mile for us. So right. that's kind of that's kind of what I, I was looking for. Yeah. So it's like a smaller company. Just man, you know what? I would consider they they manage about a hundred properties. Well, so I would consider a them small company. Nah, it's way yeah. explaining it. Like they seem like so hands on. Mom and son. I'm thinking right. it's like it's small. That's what, yeah. That's that's the good thing about it. They they have that small feeling, but you know they they're managing quite a few properties. So. That's why they're managing yeah. a lot of properties. Okay, right. so do they find the renters for you? Yep, they they, they find the renters for us. Um, the second property rented out for us in about two weeks, so that was like pretty quick. And then uh, the second property it took a it took a little longer, uh, only because it was like I said, it was a three bed one bath. Right. So those are sometimes a little harder to to find tenants for uh but yeah they did all the marketing on their website and then they market on all the uh Platform. you know other platforms like zillow yeah so they, they they did it for us okay and how much time a week do you think y'all spend on your rental properties like even working on it or doing anything as of now or on the on the front end now man we don't even think about it <laughs> That's the beauty, man, of, of, of like passive income, man, and like we don't even think about. It. I just check, I, I check the, the the statement at the end of the month, right? See, see if it's there. Cool. Uh, it, it, you know, our mortgages and our home equity line of credit is on auto pay, right? So it'll take it straight out of that account, man. I just go back, go through and monitor, make sure everything's the money's moving where it needs to move, and we just we just kind of chilling, man. So. The beautiful thing is we should own the properties outright in like less than 10 years. Right. And, you know, the goal is to get more. That's why, man, you just kind of got me hyped when you said you're going to look for uh, or looking at a, a five unit. Man, I just get I just get excited, <laughs> man, like hearing that. So. Yeah, that's that's what I've been doing because my family, they always in the real estate. But like my dad getting older, so I'm pretty much yeah. taking all this. Uh, they had a lot of single family properties, so I'm kind of selling them. And really, just converting the money into a multifamily, you know. Nice, nice, Basically, man. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's. What I was gonna say. Um. Did, have you had any mentors along the way that's doing this? Like, that's close. You know, I I, I did have I do <clears throat> I do have an uncle that I found out uh, has about you know, a handful of properties in our area right. that I never knew, you know, he just kind of moved differently though than all my other uncles <laughs> and all my other uh, family members. And I was like, man, something different. So just in like a random, random conversation, I found out, man, he owns property. Yeah. So I did go to him uh, and kind of, you know, pick his brain uh, about what the process looked like. Right. And, you know, that plus social media has allowed us, man, we could, you know, really, really have a lot of social media mentors. Uh, so, you know, I follow Jay Morrison, uh, you know, other real estate, I guess, gurus, you could call them, but people who are, you know, more knowledgeable than myself and kind of follow, see what they do, pick things from them that I like and implement that into what me and my wife are trying to do. Well, Right. I, I had um, Jay Morrison brother on the podcast. His name is Art Morrison. Oh, wow. And I, wow. one of the questions I asked him was like, what's something people wouldn't know about Jay Morrison? that you would know, you know? And it, it, yeah, it yeah, yeah. was, um, like, we could be sitting in the room at night talking about, man, let's start a business selling baseball bats. And we're like, yeah, you're thinking about it. Then the next day, you might come home or, or whatever. He ain't got a building and the whole building full of baseball bats. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, right. like, basically, like, if he gonna do something, and that's the thing, I have a hard time going all the way in. Like, we got multiple business, but I'm like, like you said, I need to save some for the reserve. But he like, he go all the way in, like, like two feet, no back, no, you know what I mean? Yep. But I, I thought that was, that was different. But it seemed like that's what it takes to make it. Like you're back against the wall, I guess. Absolutely, man. Uh, my 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 friend just hit me too. Uh, this book called The One Big Thing, Definitely. and I'm in the process of reading that right now. And pretty much it did, it, it talks about that, like how. 
people, we like to multitask and, and, and we think that that's a great attribute to have. I'm a multitasker, right. but really hyper successful people go all in and they focus on that one thing. They're not, you know, they don't have their attention spread in so many different areas. And me as like a creative person, I struggle with that. So that's a good book, man, to kind of focus your energy into one thing and find that one thing that uh, can affect your entire business, you know what I'm saying, or affect your entire uh, goal, you know? So, yeah, that's that's huge, man. Nah, nah that, man, that's, cause that's like, me, I kind of like, I kind of just started doing real estate full-time now. So that one thing, yeah. like, I was at church, and it was so crazy, because I never really go to Sunday school, but the dude teaches Sunday school, he was like, yeah. you know, he over-tired. So he was like, every, day, every morning when he get up, he write down his to-do list. So it might be 10 things he right. got to do. And then right. he write them down. And then as he accomplished them, he don't, he don't scratch them out. He just check, check, put a check and then write the word D-O-N-E, done, you know? <laughs> and I've been doing that. And then I might write 10 things down in the morning. Then I look and I knew I did eight of them because now I ha- I remember what I was right. planning to do, you know? Right, man, that's amazing. Yeah, try that, man. And it's, it make you focus on one thing at a time too, like because, like you right. said, my brain be scattered, man. I'll be like, I need this, 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 all over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what what's your God given gift? Whew, that's a good one, man. Uh, I, I, th- I, my God given gift. Like, what do you do the easiest? in life with the least amount of effort? Man, that's a good question. I would have to say music. Uh, that's that's something that I kind of learned by ear. I kind of learned through osmosis, you know. Um, it's kind of how to play music. I'm a keyboardist. So, I mean, that to me comes the easiest without with the least amount of work. Um, but, you know, music is like a... It's, a, it's it's not something that I necessarily want to do a hundred percent because it's it's you know it's it's everybody's in it so but I would say that yeah, okay. yeah. now yeah I know you listen to Steve Harvey because he always say your your gift that's what's gonna take you to the next level so I was yeah yeah um and where do you see yourself in five years with the business as far as investing and whatnot where do you where do you guys want to be at you know. It's, it's funny you ask because aside from the real estate, we are also contributing more to uh, the market. So we're contributing probably 35% of our income to uh, index funds. So we're heavy in index funds and the, the real estate is kind of at a self-sustaining mode where we're going to use the properties to leverage more properties. That's kind of the goal there. Right. So for five years from now, I want to be knocking on re- retirement's door, man. Like I want to be done with the uh, W-2 situation, man. Uh, I want to be really close to that five years from now. And I want the real estate to kind of be, uh, you know, the self-sustaining thing for us. Definitely. That's I mean, the goal. Shit, if you buy like that, and that's my thing for the multifamily, like the cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, you know. Right. But multiple, the more cash flow, the easier it is to leave that nine to five. Especially when you told me you, you don't even think about it. Oh man, that just right. made me mad. Cause one thing about, <laughs> like, I live by my property, so you might ride by and see trash in the yard, or you might see a car, and it's like, it just, it, it it's a nerve, you know. <laughs> I bet, man. Yeah. So, what's the ultimate reason for you doing this? What's the um long term like what's your reason for wanting to retire like what's you know your purpose yeah man really me and my wife we're at a point where we it's all about legacy man like we when i look at my two kids like i want to set them up and, and i was raised you know by two beautiful parents man they did the absolute best they could like they gave me a great life and my goal is to give my kids an even better life. Like, I want to set them up so that when they get, you know, when, out of school, right. I can give them a check. You know, they want to do a business. I, I, could, I could get that for them. Or, you know, I just want to give them something. So that's what I'm old now. And with retirement, we just want to be in our kids' lives uh, more. You know, we, we're like, I'm on the podcast alone because yeah. my wife, 
she uh we work off shifts so we barely see each other as it is and that's we're in that mode we're in that hustle season but i want to come out of that eventually and i want to be able to you know just kind of do things on on my own terms and have her do things on her own terms spend time with our kids so that's really the goal for trying to uh uh, retire early definitely and what's um because I'm gonna tell you this, like I'm the, I'm George the third, right? I'm the third, and people always yeah. say it's skip a generation. So, like, all right, your parents, you know, they work, they did, like you said, they raised you good, but it made right. you have this go getter attitude because you didn't have maybe everything you 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 felt like you should have. So now mm-hmm. your kids, um, they might not have that go getter attitude because you provide that so easy, you know. Man, man, that's deep because here's the thing that that me and my wife discovered. Like, uh, I would say that I grew up probably a little uh, more affluent than my wife did, right? So I came into our relationship with the chill mentality. You know, I I have uncles and aunts that, like, they have, like, six-figure jobs. Uh, They never graduated high school. I mean, they never graduated college. They just got high school degree. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, so my my uh, aunts and uncles they they uh, you know were able to get good jobs, and I was raised up seeing that, and so I came into life thinking, oh man, like not really with that mentality, that grind mentality, uh, because I just saw my family were, were well off, whereas my wife she grew up in a single family household, uh, you know they they grew you know grew up on Section Eight or uh, at one point, so she came into it like yo I got to get it. It's, it's not about she came into it more aggressive and she kind of helped me with that. So it's interesting you say that about our children, you know, I want to make sure that they get some of that, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. As opposed to just kind of come into it willy nilly because they, they see us as successful. So that's, that's a great point that you made. I never thought about it. thought about that. Yeah. That's, that's my main thing. Even with my son, I got a one year old and it's like, like the stains, my wife, you try to protect them because you don't want them to get hurt. But the same thing mm-hmm. that hurt us made us who we are, you know? Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Think about the three closest people that you talk or text to the most besides your wife. How many How many of them net worth is higher or lower than yours? Man, that's, <laughs> that's dope. Uh, I would say two of the three. Two of the three for sure. Two of them are net worth or higher than yours? Yeah, and, and it's funny you say that because I try to sur- uh, surround myself by with people that are you know have the similar mindset or are hyper successful, and so yes, the group text I have are you know two cats that are uh, you know are grinding as well. Definitely, yeah. That's why I mean I yeah. just like to see that because a lot of people don't have this mindset. So you know you'd be looking around, your friends are in the books and on podcasts and stuff. Right. <laughs> Yeah. All right. These last three questions, man. All right. Favorite business book. Favorite business book. Um, man, going back to Jay Morrison, man, I loved uh, Hip Hop to Homeowners, man. That was like the first book that I read, like, you know, when I really started to shift my mindset towards real estate and, and making that a business, man, that thing. It's super simple. It's a simple read, but it 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 really changed my mindset in regards to real estate being a business. So I love that book. Hip hop to real estate. I never heard of that one. That's the first. Yeah, hip hop to homeowners. Yep. Okay, I gotta check on that hip hop. All right. Um, if you could hang out with one mentor for an entire day, who would it be? Huh, one mentor. Somebody you idolize, like you know what I mean? Their family, yeah. business, all of the above. Man, I would love to sit with uh to sit with Robert Kiyosaki. Robert I would love Kiyosaki. to sit with him. Yeah, <laughs> rich dad, poor dad. I, I want him to be my rich dad. <laughs> hey, look, I went, I went to Hawaii. We went to Hawaii for our honeymoon. So we in Maui. I'm like, yeah. y'all know Robert Kiyosaki? No, who? Everywhere <laughs> I go, you know Robert. Nobody over there. He's from Honolulu. But I'm thinking, right. like, man, that's all I read. You know, was rich dad, poor dad. So I'm like, I'm gonna get over here. I'm gonna try to find somebody who know him. Right. Nobody even knew this guy. It was so crazy. I'm like, what is That's going crazy. on? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
what are your hobbies outside of working in real estate? Uh, well, one thing that I love to do, man, like I'm like a sports junkie. So I love just watch. Like if I could in a, in another life, I would love to Stephen A. Smith or somebody like that. Like, so I love sports. <laughs> I love talking sports. Uh, so that's like one of my big hobbies, man. It's like all things sports. <laughs> Definitely. Who you got for the uh, championship? Man, I, I'm I'm not rooting for. I know I live close to uh to the Bay Area, man, but I can't stand the Warriors. So anybody but them. <laughs> anybody but the Warriors. Anybody but the brothers. <laughs> Stephen Curry, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. All right. The name of the podcast, The New American Dream, which is which I told you, you worked a uh, job for 40 years, you retire, and then you probably go out, you know, sooner or later. What's your version of The New American Dream in your eyes? Man, the New American Dream is to spend your best years not on the jobs, to spend your best years uh, doing what you love to do and being, you know, with the people you love, because like how you said, the old American dream, you, you're you done in your 60s and you don't feel the way you feel in your 30s and your 40s. Right. So my new American dream is to take that experience and and move it up 20 years. You know what I'm saying? And, and really be able to enjoy my life uh, when I'm at my healthiest and when I'm at my strongest. Definitely, man. That gave me motivation. All right. Let the people know where you can find them at. Where they find you at? Uh, well, you can find my wife and I uh, at Black Married and Debt Free on Instagram, right. and then Black Married Debt Free on YouTube, and then we started a podcast also, uh, the Black Married and Debt Free podcast. We're like twelve episodes in, so it's really okay. been cool doing that. Yeah, so you can find us uh, on all of all of those platforms. All right, you got to check you out. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, man. I really appreciate the opportunity. I'm glad we finally make it happen, man. All right. All right. Take it easy. Yes, sir. You too. All right.